Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. Happy to be with you. Uh, we're going to get into some interesting topics, some news articles uh, that are just uh, profound and they're really just shaping our global uh, perspective. Uh, first, dealing uh, with uh, Facebook versus Jack Dorsey, uh, going on to the uh, catastrophic events that's happening in California with the wildfires to the developments that are occurring within the Ford organization and the Fiat, the Chrysler Fiat organization. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. Definitely praying um, for the residents of Los Angeles, uh, this catastrophic uh, event due to basically climate change, due to global uh, warming and just uh, environmental factors have led to this spread of wildfire, uh, wind-whipped wildfire that has forced evacuations of over 500 Southern California homes. David Lee and Alex Johnson, uh, the article, they go on to state that the residents are being allowed to return to their homes um, after a night of wildfire east of Los Angeles, which damaged and destroyed two dozen homes and forced the evacuations of at least 1,300 people. The Hillside Fire. It's about 70 miles east of downtown LA. It was reported about 1.40 in the morning. Within hours, it was charred at least 200 acres. The interim San Bernardino County Fire Chief Don Trapp is on the record stating that fire officials said that six homes have been destroyed and that 18 others have been damaged. Um, it, the fire is sustaining winds of 20 miles per hour to 30 miles per hour with gusts up to 60, which is complicating matters more firefighters have managed to hold the fire about 200 acres and 50% containment, fire officials said. When the firefighter has been treated at a hospital for smoke inhalation, this fire spread downhill very, very rapidly through the night into the early morning hours, San Bernardino County Assistant Fire Chief Kathleen Opleger stated. Temperatures in the regions have reached the mid-70s with sustained high winds and low humidity, conditions that will make it challenging for firefighters. Authorities have also offered mandatory evacuations of about 490 homes with 1,300 residents. The orders were lifted uh, Thursday evening for residents only. Authorities said the blaze was started Wednesday as forced evacuations of two mobile home parks and a psychiatric nursing care facility. Elderly people wearing masks and wrapped in blankets have been taken out in wheelchairs and on gurneys as smoke swirled overhead. There's one moment that uh, one could see that nothing but dark smoke uh, they were going uh, to have this haze, and according to Kiana McCracken, they felt like they were going to die. Assistant Director of Nursing uh, for the Riverside Heights Healthcare Center has told NBC Los Angeles. Um, hearts, uh, prayers, and in support definitely to uh, the residents of uh, Southern California. The residents have been um, victimized by this uh, global phenomenon by this catastrophic event of wildfires just spreading throughout um, south uh, or east downtown L.A. Um, I haven't seen it in my lifespan on this vast, this frequently, that this is a constant thing that is occurring. And, and the reality is, because of climate change, this is becoming more of the norm instead of more of the exception. And I think or I really believe in the heart of hearts to combat this, we have to take a hard stance on uh, our carbon footprint, on things that have negatively impacted uh, just uh, pollution, uh, 
just the not just the ozone layer, but anything that has anything to do with any detriment to the earth as a whole and really look at a scientific way to prevent this from occurring, to minimize the uh, occurrence and the rapidity of such uh, a force, such a, a, a physical, natural force, and definitely not just focus on containment, but elimination. And I think when we place our energies uh, in this sphere of how do we prevent this from ever happening again, how do we channel our efforts into creating sustainable policies that will actually improve environmental factors within uh, the world so that this is less of an occurrence and then eventually none of occurrence and then therefore we can set parameters up uh, that will help offset and and mitigate this type of risk, I believe everybody will be better for it. Uh, so I think the, the issue going forward, obviously, is to get everybody um, all the help that they need, all the resources that uh, we can to really return these individuals back to the state of normalcy uh, and, and care and compassion, uh, and then work on scientific methods to counteract uh, atrocities like this from occurring. And I think when we collectively come together that, hey, look, the science is real, climate change is real, we have to do something about it, I think globally we can move forward. Great article uh, by Jonathan Allen. Uh, Nasty House floor fight sets the baseline uh, for impeachment. Uh, for the fourth time in U.S. history, the House has voted to initiate impeachment against the President of the United States. As a technical matter, the resolution was a dry set of rules for the public phase of investigation into President Trump that has been underway uh, informally almost since. Uh, the Democrats have taken control of the House in January. Uh, the floor fight uh, is dis- was described as being nasty, brutish, and relatively short. Uh, just over an hour ending and nearly perfect party line vote. Uh, two Democrats voted no and one independent, uh, Representative Justin Amash of Michigan, an independent who left the GOP essentially in protest of his party's allegiance to Trump, voted in favor. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Pelosi, Democrat for California, was able to lock in votes from swing district lawmakers after the probe transformed late month from sprawling look into Trump's 2016 campaign, his tax records, and the financial benefits that have accrued uh, to his family's business during his presidency to one focused primarily on whether he corruptly abused his power over foreign aid to Ukraine to help himself politically. Pelosi said that lawmakers are called upon to protect and defend the Constitution so that no president no matter whoever he or she may be in the future, could decide that article says that they can have the power to do whatever they want. Republicans choose to play defense by going on offense. Uh, Representative Lizzie uh, Chenea of Wyoming, chair of the Republican Conference, and Representative Devin Nunes of California, top-ranking Republican on the Intelligence Committee, uh, stated that it wasn't Trump who was imperiling the Constitution. They have absolutely no right to talk about Threats to this nation if they are diverting the full attention, resources, and focus of the House Intelligence Committee onto a sham political process. Cheney, a daughter of former Vice President uh, Vice President Dick Cheney, said of Democrats, they will be held accountable by history. And I apologize. That is uh, Lindsay Liz 
uh, Cheney, mispronounced that. GOP lawmakers continue to assail the details of the process, faulting Democrats for setting up public uh, intelligence committee hearings in which Chairman Adam Schiff of California has a final say over which witnesses uh, can be subpoenaed by the minority and whether White House lawyers can attend sessions. House Minority Kevin uh, McCarthy, Republican from California, has launched his most aggressive defense of Trump yet, moving from simply blasting the impeachment process into the territory of justifying the president's conduct, an area that has been a no-man's land for many of his colleagues. He says the Democrat-led House is abusing his power to discredit democracy and framing the president's legitimate actions as an impeachable offense. Uh, I think from a citizen standpoint, um, you never want the worst for anybody. Um, it is not a gain, even if it's for the right reasons, when you have to uh, basically go through a process to determine termination of your leader due to unethical um, actions. Uh, even if there's just cause and therefore it is rightly needed, it is a sobering moment to say that we've come to the point where um, due to bad actors and instability and extremism that you have to go down this path that now um, creates distrust, I think, among the public. It affirms trust in one sense that you know that there are controls in place that can govern anybody and nobody, therefore, is above the law and that we all are subject to uh, some level of, of uh, I would say, of accountability is probably the best word. But I think in a, in a, in a higher sense... It also goes to say it also goes to state that there's failure somewhere that the system itself has failed um, regardless of your political ideology and affiliation, your viewpoint on anything, I think one can step back and say uh, what happened right like wow, this is uh, a mess uh, but I think also. It just mirrors the fact that life at times can be messy. And sometimes, as I say, life imitates art, art imitates life, and it spews over into the political arena. Uh, my hope is that by the end of the process, there will be some sense of unity. Obviously, um, these offenses that have been uh, uh, stated are a real threat to uh the democracy of this nation. I think that uh, division and playing on division has been the strategy uh, for a lot of uh, political influencers. Uh, but I think it has came or it has come at the cost of hope and American idealism and uh, and optimism and just overall vision and precedent and it really will leave a stain on this generation um, because you have to now answer for what caused it and therefore you have to look systemically about the issues that have historically affected the United States since its inception 
up to now. And once you go to that level, I think that raises another debate and another series of questions. And it will be a lot of cleanup. Sometimes we fight the symptoms of something without actually looking at the disease of it. And the symptoms need to be eliminated. Uh, symptoms need to be cured as well. The symptoms need to be addressed as well. Uh, but if you never challenge the disease, if you never heal what is really creating the problem, there's always potential for this rise. Uh, so I think the United States as a whole has to, has to basically heal systemically. And when it begins that process and it really addresses the inadequacies and deficiencies and just basically takes a hard look at itself in the mirror, I believe that's the first step to finding truth. Ford has avoided a lengthy strike thanks to GM. Uh, Paul Einstein goes on to state that just days after ending a six-week strike at General Motors, the United Automobile Workers Union have reached a tentative settlement within the nation's second largest automaker, Ford Motor Company. The two sides won't release specific details of the agreement until it moves closer to ratification by the 55,000-member Ford rank and file. Uh, sources close to the negotiation says it echoes many of the key details of the new GM contract, which, among other things, includes as much as $6 billion in new investments meant to preserve or add about 8,500 jobs. The settlement is expected to provide a path for thousands of contract employees to gain full-time employment. That was one of the sticking points that led to the bitter confrontation with GM. The question that is luring is uh, whether the UAW now will be able to sell its pattern agreement to the remaining Detroit-based carmaker Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. Uh, that could be complicated by the announcement that Fiat Chrysler Automobiles plans to merge with Francis PSA. Ford and the UAW began discussing the new contract in July. The talks uh, were put on hold in mid-September, with the union picking what is traditionally known as the strike target or what the company expected to deliver which could then be taken to the other members of Detroit Big Three. This year, the spotlight was on General Motors, and talks with the Ford and FCA were put on the back burner. With the GM ratification vote completed, and the automaker's 4,700 hourly U.S. workers back on the job, the UAW bargainers rushed back to Ford. Sources close to the talks have signaled that the key elements of the contract were already in place, but some details had been tweaked to conform the pattern set by General Motors. Rory Gamble, UAW vice president in charge of negotiations with Ford, told reporters late Wednesday that the national negotiators elected by the local units have voted unanimously to recommend to the UAW Ford National Council the proposed tentative agreement. The contract now faces several step processes before being formally ratified. Uh, the National Council representing union locals across the country will meet to consider and then vote on the settlement Friday. At that point, the tentative contract details will be released and voting by Ford's U.S. hourly workers will begin. There are always unique wrinkles and contracts hammered out at each of the big three automakers. Um, so I think this is an inter interesting twist. Uh, the short long is that Because 
the UAW has reached this tentative agreement with GM, it's going to provide economic stim, uh, stimulus. It's going to provide over 8,500 jobs. It's going to help the economy, and therefore it is good initially. It has delayed and postponed, hopefully inevitably, a lengthy strike at four. Uh, the issue is, is if Chrysler is planning on merging with France's PSA, how does that now affect, right? Um, sometimes there are concessions so that the bigger agenda, the real hot button issues can be completed. I ultimately think that will help domestically and globally, all right, or internationally. Um, but I think, uh, and, and I know Roy Gamble, Rory Gamble, excuse me, of the UAW vice president, goes on to state that the in charge of negotiations says that um, the national negotiators elected uh, their local units have voted unanimously to recommend to the UAW for national council the proposed tentative agreement so that the workers basically are on uh, course and they are supporting this agreement and key elements of the contract have been in place and tweaked um, to make sure that all parties are basically doing their due diligence and doing right by each other and I really think this is a good thing ultimately um, I really see how it can move kind of the auto industry going forward I think the real question or the real pressing issue is how automation plays into this. I've, I've said this, the biggest threat other than greed, greed being the number one, the number two, I think, destroyer of economy or human capital is technology. As great as it is, is needed as it is as helpful, as resourceful, as convenient, it takes away skilled labor jobs. It takes away the need for surplus or for human bodies if you can automate the process. And as these uh, trade talks and mergers and, and covenant agreements go into place, how much push is there or how much guarantee can you Sure, obviously, this is to make sure that the 8,500 workers are not contract workers will become full-time, so elevating them to a full-time status. But are there measures in place to protect not just, you know, their wages, their benefits, and uh, the fear of just basically being drop-off? And maybe that's just asking for a lot. But I think that going forward, the worker has to make sure that they're bargaining and negotiating for the benefit of the all uh, versus the benefit of the dollar, right? That at the end of the day, greed is not having their uh, course, <laughs> that, they, that greed, the, the, the essence of profitability beyond all reason, uh, not that I'm against profitability, but the danger of taking that over human capital isn't just being seen, felt, and heard. And that making sure that the workers are prepared to uh, partake in this fourth industrial revolution. To continue along that trend, uh, PSA, uh, uh, I don't even want to try to pronounce this, Puyol, uh, I think it's Guat, uh, and Fiat Chrysler 
have confirmed the intention to merge on Thursday in what would be a 50-50 share swap and create the world's fourth largest car maker. The company's shares will be listed in New York Paris's Milan with FCA's John Elcon becoming the chairman and Carlos and PSA's Carlos Tavares becoming the CEO. The proposed merger uh, is, will create an industry behemoth with 8.7 million vehicle uh, sales, totaling $190 billion in turnover and combined 400,000 employees. Uh, the Volkswagen Group, or Renault, Nissan, and Toyota occupied the top three spots of the world's leading automakers in 2018, according to Statistone. In a rapidly changing environment with new challenges and connected, electrified, shared, and autonomous mobility, the combined entity would leverage its strong global research and development footprint and ecosystem to foster innovation and meet the challenges of speed and capital efficiency. Basically, as I covered in the last segment, uh, obviously the three ways of growing, growth acquisitions, organic growth, or the next one is products, right? So... Uh, you can only go through rays, right? So either you're M&A, uh, that's how you grow. Uh, then you have um, organic growth. And uh, the you know M and A organic growth and through uh, new products, new technology services uh, that would um, stem and really add to this. So obviously they chose the M and A route, becoming a behemoth, tackling this, dealing with more efficiency. You can cover more ground. Also now you can look at the workforce and really um, create efficiencies within each department because a lot of overlap will happen. So therefore, there will be some type of shift in uh, employee sourcing. And therefore, innovate more technology, making things more streamlined processes. It's a win-win from an organizational standpoint. Uh, my hope and desire is that it feeds back not just into the local economy, the global economy, but into the actual workers that are in these manufacturers that are working for these companies, that they benefit from it as well. Amazing article by Jason uh, Bruzzi. Uh, Jack Dorsey versus Mark Zuckerberg uh, on the clash of tech titans. Uh, Jack Dorsey has made it official that he's taking on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, has announced that his company would no longer accept political ads starting in late November. As a part of this announcement, he has offered a barely vile shot at Zuckerberg who was just recently questioned on Capitol Hill. For instance, it's not credible for us to say we're working hard to stop people from gaming our systems to spread misleading information, but if someone pays us to target and force people to see their political ad, well, they can say whatever they want, Dorsey has tweeted. The announcement backs up comments uh, from Dorsey at a Twitter event last week at the criticized recent address by Zuckerberg at Georgetown University, where Zuckerberg laid out the free speech principles that supported his decision to allow campaign ads to include misleading or inaccurate information. The clash between two of the tech's best-known leaders underscores a growing split in how tech companies are balancing their roots as open platforms with a growing acceptance that their algorithm-powered feeds and personal data target ads have downsides that require companies to take mm -hmm. serious steps to stop misuse. I really think the... Outs outside of 
uh, freedom or outside of the freedom of speech, the the issue of of money dominating political influence. Um, obviously, if you can pay to host ads, to boost ads, to sponsor, to market your advertisements, and then therefore in your advertisements have information that is not accurate, well, because you have enough money and capital to constantly feed that, it will in some aspect create influence. Uh, I think that's non-debatable, right? It's not a political issue. It's just like if you keep marketing um, and says Uno cards are the best, you know, uh, game of cards or, or, or best game out there and you spend a billion dollars saying it, you might get one person that actually believes it, right? Uh, the power of persuasion. However, when it comes to political governments, comes to entities, when it comes to actually uh, things that affects individuals' everyday life, you know, I think that has to be taken just a bit more seriously. And obviously, being this tech company, which is really just a mass communication company, I mean, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, it's mass communication in the form of social media, in the form of social content. It's just another form of how human beings now communicate and express themselves individually. There has to be some sense of filter, but without creating the uh, sense of big brother or the sense of uh, lack of autonomy, I should say. Uh, but there has to be a safety and a system of filters and regulations and guidance to make sure that the community as a whole is protected. It is, I know it's a touch and go topic, and I don't know what necessarily the right solution is. But I will say if your company is benefiting from any entity that can post anything, I think it behooves the company to do their research and understand what that company is presenting what is being marketed and do you want to be behind that uh because all money is not good money right so uh, you know because at the end of the day you are responsible for it it's not just well we didn't know like no you know there's a team that monitors everything you can't just put up anything right so uh, there is i think corporate responsibility that all companies need to possess. Uh, now, to what extreme do you take it? That's debatable, sure. But you have to first start off by saying there is an underlying truth. And if we are going to accept money or monies from entities that create this type of influence, we should at least monitor what is being posted. And even if we decide not to act or create uh, or just have a blanket no, we need to make sure that there is protection and that uh, there is some type of streamline or at least equal access to an opposing uh, view, right? So, like, it doesn't feel like, you know, we are endorsing this message, right? So, uh, but I, that's that's a very uh, interesting and, and ultimately just kind of uh, nuance view i don't really know if there is legal precedent for it uh i don't really know obviously this is new right uh but uh i do think that all companies have to look within themselves and realize that even though profitability is the goal there are more ethical ways in achieving that profitability that does not come at the harm 
of others. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another great episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Uh, if you want to connect with me, Twitter, Cody's Life One, uh, Instagram, CBMK33. Let me know, uh, you know, what content, what topics you want me to cover. Also, now just recently put up the Patreon. You can subscribe, support there, and you can click like, share, and subscribe on the Anchor app. You can also support via Patreon at It Is What It Is 30 exclamation point again that is it is what it is 30 exclamation point look forward to connecting with you look forward to putting out more and more content and just engaging with you till next time thanks